This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Tackling Life Podcast with the great Ray Lewis and me, Dr. Christian Conti. It's a success podcast that tackles life through the lessons of sports. Ray, my man, what's going on? Doc, happy Monday, man. How you doing today? I, I love that phrase, happy Monday, because that's what it is. I'm happy to be alive and I'm doing great. And I am doing absolutely amazing. Finally got myself home. And I'm excited about being home for a few weeks, you know. And then I'm excited that you're coming up this week. We can get a I know. Lot done. I'm I'm pumped to see you this week. I'm I'm, I'm definitely pumped to see you this week. So it's going to be the, the gathering of their minds. <laughs> <laughs> when we get together, man, the energy the energy that's in the room. If people can hear on this podcast, imagine being in a room when you and I are in a room together. The energy just explodes. Yeah, just imagine the energy exploding, and the only time the energy breaks is when you got to piss, which is every five seconds. <laughs> Listen, when you in a year or two, you just let me know when you catch up to my. Ain't age. no damn year or two. Don't be putting that on me. <laughs> <laughs> no man, no good. Uh, good to catch up, bro. It's it's interesting because today today we're going to talk about. Something from our book, 52 Days of Inspiration, that's going to be out soon. But it's this idea that stories are everywhere. I mean, stories are absolutely everywhere. And one of the things that fascinates me about stories, look, I, I grew up in a household where uh, my, my, my father was a professor, my mother it was a literature teacher. So stories were very important part of my beginning to life. Like my parents really emphasized me reading a lot and they read to me a lot. And, and so this idea idea of stories has really been hit home for me. But then as I got into psychology, and one of the things I've noticed over the last, you know, 20 years is that everyone has a story. And not just everyone has a story, but this is the direction we're going to kind of talk about today. But the stories that we tell ourselves about the world kind of determine how we experience the world. And I really want to kind of get into that with you today about the stories that we tell ourselves. You know, that's the thing that I, I you know, the one, one of the things I think we don't <clears throat> hold on to is that, is what you actually tell yourself. You know, the, 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 the one thing that you can 100% guarantee that will pull you through in life is what you tell yourself. Mm. Like the, the actual story that you lock into your head. I, I, I'll never forget this man at 14 years old. Of course, times was hard and it was the things, 
you know, you didn't have, right? Papa wasn't around. Um, and, you know, times was hard. You know, moms was struggling, everything, bro. And i never forget, I was sitting up under a tree with my homeboy named Kwame. And he was like, he saw me crying and everything. And I remember looking at him and I said, bro, listen, man. I was like, one day we both going to be successful. Like, we're going to come out of this. Like, we're not, we're not going to give in to our circumstances. And so we kept telling each other these stories, right? His, his thing was education. So now he has two masters and a PhD, right, mm. from FAMU University. Yes, so he, he went and done the education side, right? We played football together, too, in 1991. And, and every time we used to always keep just going back and forth to each other, telling, telling each other what we were going to be. There was no other option. Uh, yeah, the, it, it, it may look ugly. It may be, you know, it may be blurry because of the things you had surrounding you. But, man, we stuck to the plan. And I never forget telling him. I said, I said, man, one day, bro, I'm going to be so successful, man. I'm going to be football player. And you know, I'm talking from a kid language then, right? Right, <laughs> like, right, right, right. I'm going to be a great football player, man. I'm going to have me a big old house. I'm going to be able to take care of my mama. I'm doing all these things, right? But it was the stories that once I started at 14 years old, I never forgot 21, 28, 29, 35. Now I'm still 41 and remembering the same stories. Well, what the phrase you used with Kwame, that phrase, we're going to come out of this. Like, uh, what th this is this is the type of phrase that I really believe our listeners can benefit from hearing because everybody out there in life is struggling. Everybody out there goes through tough times. but it's it's what you're saying to yourself as you're going through those tough times that matters. and and you always give that piece of gold, that just nugget. And this one is just I love this. We're gonna come out of this. and and I really want our listeners to think about that because I say this all the time. With every emotional experience, we have a beginning, middle, and end. In mm -hmm. other words, there will be yeah. There's going to be a beginning to how we start to experience something. There'll be a middle. Maybe you know. Maybe it's real high. Maybe we're struggling really deeply. But then there'll be an end, and we'll move through that emotional experience. So when you use that phrase, we're going to come out of this. This is something I really want our listeners to hear because that's the absolute truth. No matter what you're going through emotionally, you're going to come out of it. Because the circumstances, doc, the things that surrounding you can be what you actually think your future is. Mm. That's why a lot of people don't leave where the, what, what, where they grew up at. Because the, because the fear, the fear of dropping everything that you have and saying, listen, I'm, the only way to come out of this, Doc, and, and this is why me and Kwame kept saying this over and over, the only way to come out of it is we both said, we got to change. We got to get out of here. We got to mm. change. We got to switch out. So all of the things that all of the bad things and anything that was that would slow us down or the people that that wasn't on that same page. I think the lesson here is when I when you know when you know you have no other option, no other option but to make it happen, then it's up to you to make some real hard decisions. That is, where do you see your future going? Who you Who's going to be on this ride with you? And what are you willing to give up so your load ain't so heavy?
Yes. See, I, I want to I want to share with you how those words have resonated with me. I'll never forget in my very first semester of taking uh, a PhD course, um, our uh, our professor said to us, "What will stop you from getting a PhD?" And and we're going around in a circle, and people were saying, "Well, it might be this, it might be this, it might be this." And I'm kind of getting antsy in my seat as they're getting around to me because I couldn't wait to speak, and I said. I'm sorry, but hell is going to have to freeze over for me not to get my PhD. So <laughs> when I, when you say, use that phrase, there will be no other option. To me, and, and I love you, and, and, and there's this, I know I'm biased towards you, but to me, you're walking motivation. And that's what, that's what makes you the living legend. Because the things that you say like that, there will be no other option. I mean, that to me gets me excited because once you hear that, and you're right, once you say, this is my mind, this is what I want to do, there will be no other option for me, then there's nothing that's going to stop you. Because, Doc, where we get in trouble at is we give ourselves options. We give ourselves ways out. Sometimes the only way you can go through it and get to where you're trying to go is, Doc, you must feel what it feels like. There's mm. no running from it. Listen, man, I'm, you know, Kids nowadays. I'm, I'm speaking. To, I was speaking to uh, a good friend of mine, Tyrone Poole, who I played played in the league a few years last night, and we was talking about our kids and everything. And he was like, "Ray, they just have so many options out now. They have so many ways to just to just get out of anything, right? And then you know they talk to us like they're way smarter than us. But it's really, but if 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 they were able to slow down, Doc, and and understand." What we're, what we're trying to teach them, understand what the real lesson is when you give yourself no option but to succeed. Mm. And, 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 and when it's based upon, and, and I, I want every people to understand this, you know, some people think effort is only on, on a sports field. Effort is in every aspect of life. And if you, and if you dedicate 100% effort to being successful, to loving God, to get out of your circumstances, to get bad, to get bad people away from you. Whatever you dedicate 100% effort to, the only thing that follows effort is results. That's it. <laughs> I love. I really like and that. That makes me excited because effort in every aspect of life. I was literally just talking to, I work with all the University of Pittsburgh athletes and I was literally just talking to a couple of the teams about this very point. I said, you think that preparing for hard work for your sport means lifting weights hard and practicing your sport hard. And guess what? That's great, but that is only a small piece of it. If you really want to be great, then you, I really basically said that say, this, this piece. Effort is in every aspect. You can't just give effort when you're working out you can't just give an effort in your sport you have to give an effort at everything you do there was a, a great composer uh or toro tuscanini and, and and on his 80th birthday party someone asked his son they said what do you think your father's greatest accomplishment was and his son said you know what there's no way to tell because whether he was conducting a, a, a symphony or whether he was peeling an orange he was giving the same amount of effort and uh, that, that's the essence of what you're teaching right now, that effort is in every aspect of life. Doc, listen, when I tell you every aspect of life, I never forget the same best friend, Kwame, was the only person 
that I wanted to outrun when I was younger. He was the only person. <laughs> and I never could freaking outrun him because he just ran track and he was just freaking faster than me and his technique was better. And I'm out there <laughs> running like a country boy, barefooted. I'm just trying to try anything to win. <laughs> right? But I remember, but I remember bro, I, and, and me and him laugh to this day about this. i never forget. One night, I gave myself no other option. I said, tonight, you are going to beat him. I don't care what you got to do, but you're going to beat him. And you know what? Sometimes you got to add a little favoritism for you and not run somebody else's race. Mm. What does that mean? That means exactly this, Doc. I took him from one pole, which was about 40 yards, and I told him I wanted to race him two poles, which then was about 80 yards mm. because I felt that I was stronger than him. He was just quicker than me getting out of the blocks. Doc, we lined up that night. Doc, I see it so clearly. I'm running the we, the gun. I mean, Mars, get set, go. Doc, we take off. We're in the same neck and neck positions. We get to the 40 yard mark and he's a yard in front of me. And I'm saying to myself, now I got 40 more left. Doc, listen to me. We got the 60. And I was on his shoulder. And that moment, me and my homeboy still say this day, that was the last time I ever saw him in front of me. Because that <laughs> last 20, I gave myself no option, Doc. Because now I had I had I had switched the race to now run my race. And now I was running my race, which is an 80-yard race. Doc, I edged him out by almost two feet. That's <laughs> oh I my gosh. But I but but that. what it done, but what it done for my confidence going forward. What it done for 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 the way I the way he even looked at me, it changes everything when you give yourself no other option. But sometimes you got to tweak it a little bit so it fits you. Yeah. But here and here's what I want people to hear: the 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 phrase you just used was "now I got 40 more left." So you pass that 40 yard mark, and a lot of people, and this is, comes back to our key point. The stories that we tell ourselves, right? Because we're telling ourselves a story that's impacting the way we're approaching the world. Some people can look at that forty-yard mark and say, "Oh no, now I have another forty-yard, another forty <laughs> yards left." But instead, you looked at it and said, "Oh yeah, now I have another forty more left." So. Even in that same sentence, the tone, the tone set the stage for the story you told yourself, which is what you were able to build the greatness upon, which is that self-talk, what you tell yourself. <laughs> it's the self-talk, bro. It was his. He was my motivation of running. He was the one that inspired me to say, you know what? Um, we played the Barto. We, 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 <laughs> we played the Barto Yellow Jackets, man at home in, 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 in Lakeland. And this guy, he broke out. And I mean, he went for about 70, 75 yards bro, on us. And I was, a, I was a sophomore and Kwame was a senior. And I remember this image that has never left my head. 
Kwame was still chasing this dude. This dude had already crossed the goal line. And Kwame was still chasing this dude with 100% effort. <laughs> and I went to him. And I went to him. I said, bro, this is me in 10th grade. I'm like, bro, why are you still running? He said, man, you never know what can happen, man. You got to chase him to the end. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, but the image on what it gave me in my head, I don't, I think even that point, it changed what I started to tell myself in my head. And I think it resonated with me all the way through my career because the one thing I've always said in my career, if I can see you, I can touch you. Mm. That, that That's my number one goal. If I can see you, I can touch you. Eric Metcalf, 1998, 97, 98, we played them in um, San Diego. And he caught a slant on the backside. And I remember turning around and seeing Eric Metcalf sprint down this, sprint down the field. Doc, do you know what I'm do? Do you know what I'm telling myself? I never forget. You know what I'm telling myself as I'm running? Tell me. Catch him! Catch him! Catch him! Catch him! Doc, I'm I'm talking about the whole time. If, if you see my gallop, if you see my run, <laughs> you will see. I I once again, regardless on what the what the situation was, because in 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 life. He, he outruns me a hundred times out of a hundred in life. But it was that one opportunity to where I put it on my terms, doc. And what I told myself, just like when I saw what Kwame do, what I told myself, don't ever give in to the circumstances. Yeah. Uh, this is this, Listen, this is exciting. I'm excited. for. I, I can't even wait to jump on this stuff. We got to take a quick break. When we come back, we are going to keep talking about these stories because I have so much to say about what you just said. It's awesome. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Hey, Doc. Hey, Ray. It's Tony Martin. On episode 10, you guys took a good portion of your show to answer a question that I asked about how to maintain your motivation when everything seems to be falling apart all around you. I just wanted to take a moment and tell you guys thank you very much. I appreciate you taking the time to answer that question for me. Ray, I've been a fan of yours since I was a little kid, man. And for you to take time out of your day to answer a question for me just really means the world to me. So I just wanted to reach out and tell you guys thank you very much. I really appreciate you. and. I love the podcast, and keep up the good work, guys. The Tackling Life Podcast is now taking your calls. If you have a question or comment for us, just call 646-762-4432 and leave us a message. We might play it on the show. That's 646-762-4432. You can also message us through our website, tacklinglifepodcast.com. There you'll find links to all of our social media, information about our guests, ways to subscribe to the podcast, and much, much more. That's TacklingLifePodcast.com. Okay, we're back, and we're talking about the stories that we tell ourselves. Because life isn't just, it's not just that life's happening. It's our view of what's happening about life that's determining how we're approaching it. And, Ray, you're talking about this story with catching, you know, Eric Metcalf, my goodness. He, not only was he fast, but he, he, elusive. Like, he just moved unre unreal. Like, I, it was unreal to watch him, how he moved. So, I love this. I love this self-talk that you were telling yourself, which was just catch him. 
catch him, catch him. Because to me, this comes back to what you taught me a while back about lifting weights. Every time it was mimic, mimic, mimic. So every rep was the same as the last rep. <laughs> Like it's 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 the it's the simple, but it's absolutely necessary for the greatness is the repetitive consistency. So I love that the fact was your self talk was catch him, catch him, catch him, because let let me just say this real quick to our listeners, and and, and if you're not even a sports, and if you're not even into sports, this applies to you. But in sports, we have something called the zone or or, or the state of flow, and that's when your body and your mind are in a state of complete connection, right? So you're just doing, you're doing, you're doing. And we teach people all the time to get there. You've got to do the very thing that you just talked about, Ray, which is catch him, catch him, catch him. Like that's, there was no, Hey, you know, this is going on in my life or I might not be able to do this. Your mind was literally on the one thing you were doing. And that epitomizes what the zone or the flow is. So that story that we tell ourselves, what we tell ourselves, is driving how we're facing the world. Doc, that moment, <clears throat> Antonio Langham, I caught Eric Metcalf on the 15-yard line. I think right, right, right around the 15-yard line. The next two plays, San Diego throws one of the balls in the end zone, and Antonio Langham intercepts the pass. I remember I used to call him Hang Lang. <laughs> I used to always give people nicknames, right? <laughs> <laughs> but I remember him saying something to me. That moment, dog. He said, man, you just you just wrote your own story. Catch it, Eric Metcalf. Mm. And mm. I'm sitting saying to myself, wow, like, okay, what, what exactly does that mean? And even though we ended up losing that game, we came in the film room and the whole, the entire 30 to 45 minutes, Marvin Lewis was given an example, lost the game, but never lost focus. He said, I want you to look at this middle linebacker, middle linebacker, run down one of the fastest guys in the league, which is Eric Metcalf. (laughs) This has nothing to do with talent, but everything to do with effort. Mm. And that Mm. moment, and that moment, what, what is, what exactly are we trying to tell people? You can will yourself to greatness. Mm. That's, That's what greatness is. Greatness, greatness ain't this, you sitting on the top of the mountain, the moment you're born, greatness is there's some obstacles that's going to be in front of you and some are touchable and some are not. And there are things you got to be willing to take a risk to do, Doc, to touch some. I, 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 I keep telling people this. Before you ever touch a certain level of greatness, your comfort zone must be disturbed. Mm. Most people say middle linebackers ain't supposed to chase receivers. I beg to differ. because again it comes back and and this to me like i get i get so excited about this you know i i I believe we only ever always live with ourselves so why not get to know ourselves and the story that you're telling yourself about the world is dictating how you're approaching it and for you to 
to say you can will yourself to greatness. Like this, this is inside you. This is a message. This is that kernel that everybody needs to hear. It's not about thinking I'm not, well, I don't have this or I don't have that. I, I think that's a huge difference. When you were young, you had a lot of things going against you. But instead of looking at all the things that were going against you, you built upon the things that you did have. And that's why, to me, that that uh, it's like a microcosm. That now I ha- now I got forty more forty forty more yards forty more yards left. Like that to me is a microcosm of what built your greatness was. You were excited to show, and you've talked about this on the show before, you were excited to show the world what you can do. So you weren't focused on what I don't have, what, I, what, I, what I'm not able to do. You're focused on what I will do. And that's yeah, focus. And it, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. But that focus, I think, applies to everybody. I think that focus, I hear it so much. 20 years of sitting one-on-one in counseling sessions, and I hear people say all the time, I can't do this. I can't do that. And I say, let's not focus on what you can't do. Let's focus on what you can do. And you epitomize that to me. You that This this is what just go, – go, go ahead. I don't want to interrupt you, but this is to me – that's what you epitomize is saying, here's what I can do. Regardless of – I don't care what I don't have. I care what I have and what I'm about to show you I can do. Because most greatness is bottled up. And the only way it comes out, if it's shaken enough. Mm. I love that. Doc, if if, if it ain't shaken, it's going to stay in a bottle. I'm telling Mm. you, I was shook, Doc, when I had to realize that I had to learn manhood by myself. I was shook, Doc, when my mother had to leave me. I was shook, Doc, when I couldn't eat every night. I was shook. And, 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 and the choices I started to make was why I started reading my Bible every day and every night. Let me tell, let, let, let me tell us something as a country. If, if, I, want, I, want to, I want us to start spreading the message. Stop complaining when what's in front of you is only waiting for you to take the next step. See, we keep going backwards, Doc. That's why we keep doing the same things over and over, and we keep going to the same spots and dealing with the same wrong people and all of this. Doc, I was shook to be great. Mm. I promised myself, once I started to feel what that shake started to feel like, and I started to realize that I can actually come out of this, that anything that I find myself through, and then, and then it started when you hear those whispers. See, I want to tell people something about when you hear whispers, when people say what you can't do and, 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 and what you won't be. That's the opportunity to write your own story. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm telling you when, when the first time me you saw it, I said, Doc, if I ever sat down and told you my real story, I wrote a book and a book can only give you 60 percent of my story because everything else you had to be me to understand it. Right, right, right. <laughs> right? But it's the story that over and over, I kept telling myself, shaking that, shaking up, run over, press down, put all back together again. And then the same thing has happened again. And I figured out that if I kept telling me that every day I was becoming a better me, if I kept telling myself 
It's time to move, Lou. It's time to get away from certain people. It's time, it's time to change what people see you at. Then I started looking back, Doc, and I started hearing people tell stories about me. Mm. <laughs> I started watching people actually not only tell stories about me, but tell stories about me changing their lives. Yeah. You know? And so, so, so understand what the story is. Your story becomes somebody else's story of inspiration. And I, and, I, and I think once I once I caught on to that, man, I was I figured out that nothing and this is to everybody in this world, no matter what you're going through, no matter what you've lost, no matter what the world keeps telling you, you can't do. Oh, let me let me say this. No matter if you got money or not, and you still miserable, no matter if you got friends mm-hmm. that you can't trust, find a way to tell yourself your own story and then write it. Yes. Write it. Yeah. Well, when we, the, the the image that you gave us right there, the, the, the greatness being bottled up, and the only way that it's going to come out of it is if it's shaken enough. And so you 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 being shook by the things that happened to you. Listen, the when the this this phrase this that you said, I can I can actually come out of this. Like that recognition of that story to say I can come <laughs> out of this. How how many people? And and listen, you and I talked about this. We're both ridiculously humbled that people are listening to this podcast all over the world. We're hearing feedback from people literally all over the world, and it is beyond humbling. We appreciate it so much, and that's why so badly we want people to hear this message. But. For anyone struggling in any country, wherever you are, when you when you hear Ray say that phrase, I can actually come out of this? Think about the story that you're telling yourself because so many people get locked up into, I'm stuck here. I have to stay around the people that I've always stayed around. I have to stay in this position. I can't change my position in life. And all these things are stories that we tell ourselves. But then one day you wake up and you hear this phrase, I can actually come out of this? Now, this is a whole new story, and this is an opportunity for you to write the rest of the story of your life. doesn't matter if, if so far you feel like everything in your life has been written for you. People have told me what to do, how to think, what to believe, all this stuff. From this moment on, you can be empowered to understand you're writing the rest of your story. That's it. The key, I'm telling you, to to taking things and taking every bad situation and find something good out of it is the key of you making up your mind to write your own story. Yes. Because there's going to be a lot of other people want to write your own story for you. <laughs> be a lot of other people say they, they, know you, they know you better than you. I know you better than you know yourself. I guarantee <laughs> you don't. <laughs> the, the things you know is the things I've wanted you to know. Yes. And I and, and I think the things that we need to tell ourselves is failure is not an option. It's guess what? I may be in a dark place, but if I see a little bit of light, then I mean I gotta figure out a way to get to it. Yeah. You know what? I ain't trying, I'm not trying to get everybody to like me because I know in this world, a lot of people won't like me. I know a lot of people won't like me just because of my skin color. I know a lot of people won't like me because of the way I speak about certain things. I know a lot of people don't like me because it don't matter. 
When you realize I'm not here to please everybody, I'm just here to please somebody. Yeah. See, that's that's what I think that, that that's why my mission has always been to save one life a day. Mm. Because then, Doc, you recreate a different story every second of your life. Doc, I gave this kid mm. something yesterday. Oh, my gosh. And he basically said, I'm broken. He was like, I, I don't know which way to go. And then he said something interesting to me. He said, I don't even leave the house. Guess what I told him, Doc? Mm. That's your first problem. If you ain't leaving the house, nothing can't find you. Yep. See, if you ain't <laughs> leaving the house, you can't bump into nothing. <laughs> see, so, see, so sometimes the stories we tell ourselves can put us in our own house and make us our own prisoners. So, yes. you know, so, so you got to get out in life and see what it looks like in life. Bump into the right people. Speak these affirmations that we speak about all the time, right? Put great, like, like will, will, great karma to come to you. Because karma is one of the realest things ever in this life. Yes. And what you put out, I guarantee is what's coming back. Yes. Like this, this it's to everybody out there, every single listener, every you, me, everybody in the planet, the stories that we're telling ourselves, it's determining our reality, no matter what it is, no matter what it is. When you talked about, it really hit me strongly when you talked about if you're in darkness and you see that one little piece of light to go toward that. I love that so much because when I'm in the prisons and I'm working with guys who are in some of the darkest spots of their lives and they tell me, they're, they're all, what, what, what's, what's the matter? What's the use? There's no hope. There's no this. And I say, listen, you, you, you have to keep moving forward because and, – and I love the analogy you gave because I, that's, I'm going to share that with them because it's the crawling toward the light. It's getting toward that little piece because step by step things will change. When we lock ourselves into our stories and say – I can't do anything. It's it's the exact you you can't bump into anybody, but you can't change you can't change anything, right? So right. the important yeah, you see so you have to get out. You have to get out. And getting out means falling sometimes. You know, I said this to my daughter this morning. I said, listen, there is nothing you will ever do in life that is going to you're not going to let me down. You're not gonna disappoint me. I want you to know that you're good enough the way you are. I expect that you're gonna make mistakes. I just want you to learn from those mistakes. And this is really important. Like you will make mistakes. That's okay. That's a part of life. I just want you to grow from them because if you don't learn from your mistakes, you're going to keep making the same ones over and over and over. So listen, this, this idea of stories, this is huge. And, and, and when we come back, we're going to, sh we're going to show you how by understanding other people's stories, you're going to help change your level of compassion and the way you see the world. So we'll be right back after this. All right, we're back and we are talking about the stories that you tell yourself, right? Listen, the, the stories that you tell yourself determine the way you see the world. If you're saying, oh, I, ha I nobody likes me or this isn't going my way and I, I thought things would be different and now you're focused on that negative energy versus things like when Ray told the story at the very beginning, when you told that story, Ray, now I got 40 more left. Now I now I get to race 40 more yards. And, you know, I hear this phrase a lot in counseling where people say in an exasperated tone, well, there's always something. 
And I say to those people, great. That means you're alive. There's always going to be something. That's wonderful. That means you're still in the adventure. What a blessing that you still get to be in the adventure. How many people out there are going to watch an adventure movie that has no action? Nobody. You're going to, what do we just watch somebody sit and stare at a wall? We love action movies. We love adventure movies because we say this is the adventure. But then all of a sudden, and, and all of us would define ourselves by saying, look, I've been through this, this, and this. But the moment we're hit with a problem, we go, Oh, man, I can't. No, listen, the moment we're hit with a problem, that's our opportunity to write our adventure story. This is how I'm going to handle this obstacle. When I said this the other day to an inmate, he said, I literally I've never heard that before. I never thought about that before. He said, I always tell people that I am who I am because of what I've been through. But I've never realized that when new stuff comes up. I should be handling it like this is a blessing. And I said, imagine that. Imagine every time something comes up that doesn't go your way, you're saying, all right, wonderful. You know, God's given me another opportunity to perform. This is great. Here we go. Let me go. Let me get at it. The only problem, the only problem we have, Doc, is that we choose. This is what we're trying to tell people. The stories you tell yourself. But then there's another story that most people probably find themselves dealing with. And that's the story the way somebody else sees you. Mm. And that's the story that gets you in trouble. Because now you read what people say about you. You you listen to what they, they speak about you and you and you and you fall into this world and you forget the only thing that controls you is you. Mm-hmm. That's a, you know at, at the end of every day you ask yourself a real question right if if I was to go to t- today who is the last person I wanted to make happy mm. if it ain't yourself <laughs> outside of your kids your family God but if it ain't you if you ain't smiling ain't too many people smiling dog yeah I think you know I, I you know it's the stories you tell yourself. And I posted some on Instagram of my 16-year-old son, you know, speaking about, regardless of his skin color, you know, being Black History Month, that he's still an American, you know? Mm. And it's something that I've embedded into them. Don't you ever, ever let nobody tell you who you are. Mm. You look them dead in the freaking eyes. You shake their hand, enemy or friend, and you let them know I am who I said I am. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, and, and, and I watched my baby deliver this speech. And, and as a father, you know, instantly I'm in tears because I'm watching my baby understand what we have to fight with. But I've but I've equipped him, Doc. I've yes. equipped him with some things to fight with now. You know, I I, 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 I ain't never shied away from you must develop your own relationship with God. Mm. And you cannot walk around thinking everybody is your freaking friend. Because I promise you, before this lifetime is over, you may be able to count on one hand how many you actually can trust. Right. Right. So, so it's, it's the stories. It's the stories. And then when you start to see the stories go from generations to generations, that's when the stories become effective. 
because that's when people can use your testimony and your story for themselves. Well, and, but let me let me jump on this with generation to generation because uh, many people get stuck in the limited story that's been passed down from generation to generation. What you've done for your children, what I'm hopeful to be doing for my daughter is change uh, change the story. So in other words, for, for people to understand that the story needs to be, so you need to write your own story and you need to understand that you're writing your own story. So I think a lot of times the stories get passed down that, we, we can, we're limited. We're only limited in a certain way. But when we can break that cycle and we can change that, when we can make that message something power, powerful, empowering, that, that changes stuff. Look, 20 years ago, almost 20 years ago, 19 years ago, I created a theory called Yield Theory, which is really about yielding and going with people and meeting people where they are. And, and one of the most profound aspects to this theory is understanding that everyone has a story. So just the way we have a story, just the way we know we're caught up in what's going on in our lives, everyone else has a story. Now, let me, let me break this down. This means if someone cuts you off in traffic, it's not that they're cutting you off on a personal level, that they sought you out that day to cut you off in traffic. It means that they're going through things. And when we really understand that people are going through things, it changes how we approach them. We, we approach people with so much more compassion because we understand, like you said earlier, Ray, you might give your book and I might tell 60%. There's still so much more to you that can never be encapsulated in a book. And there's so much more to every human being out there that cannot be encapsulated in any way, shape or form other than to just experience it or to be with that person. And so when you look at people and you realize they have a tremendous amount, everybody has a tremendous amount going on, you'll see the world in a much more compassionate way because you'll realize people are struggling. Everybody's struggling in, in his or her, her own way. That's why I used to always tell coaches, and my only issue I ever had with coaches is when they take coaching and they take and they make it to belittle kids, to mm. belittle a man, to belittle because if you've been given this level of authority, you take this and you belittle people and you don't know nothing about their story. Mm. See, that's, that's the one thing about, <clears throat> i never forget in 1985, my first year playing football, this coach, he would never really yell at me he would just, because he knew I was going to do whatever he wanted to do. And he, I got ready to walk home one day and he asked me, he said, why are you, why, why, why do you act like you act, son? You, you seem much older than you, than you appear to be. And he said, you going home, you're going to take your nice shower, have your hot meal and and all that stuff. And I looked at him, Doc, and I said, I said, Coach, I, you know, I don't got nothing to eat. Like, I'm mm. probably go home and try to find something to eat. You know, my mom, she working. My, my sister's kind of already in bed, but we don't have no food in the house. Mm. He said, what do you mean? He said, well, do you got a ride home? I said, I ain't got no ride home, man. I, I got I to gotta walk about, you know, five or six miles, Coach, but I'll be okay. I said, I do it every day. He said, you do what every day? I said, Coach, I walk. Back and forth, practice every day. Mm. He said, 
He said, wait a minute, Ray. He's like, he, he said, well, what? He said, well, where's your daddy? I said, I don't know. I, I don't, I, ain't, I, ain't, I never seen my daddy. He mm. said, wait a minute. He said, son, ain't, <laughs> he said, son, are you, you going through that much? And you can smile and stuff at practice. And I told him that day, I said, my only escape, my only escape is when I'm on this football field. Mm. I can relieve and get rid of. And but that taught me something when I was younger, that when I got older and when I started playing the National Football League and the young rookies would come in and young free agents would come in. The reason why I befriended them, Doc, because I didn't know their stories. Mm. And I knew every one of them had families and everyone was fighting for the ultimate dream. That is to make it in the league to only take care of your family. Mm. That's why I never joke about a man paycheck. I ain't never joke about, you know, this man, you know, he ain't going to make it and he going to get cut because that's somebody's life. Yes. You know, and I always tell coaches this to this day. I always say, man, turn your be just be more passionate, be more compassionate towards your players. Touch them, man. Physically touch them and don't yes. just touch them when you win. Touch them when you lose and let them know that there is a better day because because games. I, I, I Listen, I've said this before. Games will not be remembered in heaven. None of them. The wins or losses, but what? We'll, but but what will be remembered is how you made somebody feel in those yeah. moments, and that's what we're talking about as a country. Like we can go around, but now you know we're so distracted with so many things. Now we forget what compassion feels like, and that's why we don't know what it feels like anymore because we don't practice doing it enough. Exactly. I love you know you're 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 a hundred percent right. We talk about be physical. We talk, uh, this is so important for 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 coaches for adults to be physical. Grab somebody by the shoulder, pat them on the shoulder, give them a hug. You know, let them know like this is that that's important to say. Listen, your presence. I want to be in your presence. I really think that's powerful. And and there's so so much. Like I mean, honestly, so much. Like I love listening to your story. I I, I love you know the the stuff you're teaching is huge. And so, some of the things that you and I put down in 52 days of inspiration. And and, and this is something that's I, this is literally could be a life saving message. The majority of people. They, they did lots of studies and they showed that the people who, who were feeling suicidal but chose not to commit suicide, chose not to because they could identify at least one person in their life who they believed cared about them. And, and, and this is such a crucial, crucial message because I do this when I talk to teachers. I say, look, teachers, I understand you're not a professional counselor. You can't spend an hour with every student every day. That's not realistic. That's not your job. But here's what I want you to do. And I would always give this personal challenge to teachers. And I'm doing that now, not just to teachers, but to everybody. If you can ask someone, a young person, about what's going on in their life outside of school or outside, if you're a coach, outside of the sport, just outside of whatever you're doing. Hey, how was your weekend? How are things going on? Just like that coach asked you, Ray. I want to challenge all of our listeners to go out there, make contact with someone and just ask them, how are you doing? How, what's going on outside of here? When you do that, you are literally, you are literally having an opportunity to save someone's life. And to me, that's the greatest thing in the world. Because you give them something, you give them something 
my son's my son's basketball game, we lost a big game, last second shot. It was it was a basket. The ref called it off. Two point three seconds left. Mm. And I went in there and I remember telling the coach because my son transferred to Windermere Prep. And I remember telling the coach, I said, I know we lost the game, but I want to tell you as a man, thank you for what my child looks like. Mm. <laughs> you know? Wow. Like, like, like I can tell you spent time with my son because of the relationship you and him have. And as a man, mm. I just want to tell you, thank you, man. Because... You know, they were in the locker room and everybody's crying. The kids got robbed, man. Great game. Yeah. But the refs just, the refs, refs need to go, they need to value what competition feels like, I think. I won't go much farther into that. But the yeah. point was, to see those babies cry. You know, I gave them my story of, 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 you know, failing and falling and not losing and not winning the big game and all of these things. But the point about it was, the compassion side that they seen because every one of them came out afterwards and was like, man, your story, it just made me think differently, man. I don't, you're right. You're right. Because I'm like, because it's just a game at the end of the day. Like, yeah, okay. There's one family going to be smiling and another family going to be crying. But guess what? It's a game and life still goes on. And mm. we must remember that. Like, mm. we must remember that the, the, our, our, our goal our real goal is before we leave this earth is to grab enough knowledge and pass it. That's that. That's the number yes. one goal in life. It's to it's, yes. it's educate, educate ourselves enough so where we can grab knowledge and look at my child and say, you can say you want to do what you want to do, but I'm telling you this one thing, son. Write your own story, okay? Never try and be me, son. So I tell every one of my sons, don't ever try to be me. Learn from every one of my mistakes. Mm. Be better than me. And I want you to watch my actions. Now, mm. there's a lot of things you can say, but I want you to watch my actions. I want you to watch how I treat people. I want you to watch how yes ma'am and no ma'am is still relevant in my life at 41 as it was when I was 10. Because of the compassion that I have for people. Yes. My mom. My mom done one heck of a job. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, she did. Yes, she did. By the way, my mom always says that too about your your mom. She my my mom could not put your book down when she started reading your book, and she said, "I just I love Ray." She said, "I cannot. I couldn't put that book down." And she she had nothing but just absolute the highest praise from your for for your mom and the job she's done with you because of the man you are. Look. The, you used a phrase that Marvin Lewis said when in that moment from Eric Metcalf earlier, where he said, "We lost the game, but never lost focus." And we're talking about how you tracked him down with that again, that catch him, catch him, catch. You tracked him down. We lost the game, but never lost focus. And and I think this is a message that I definitely want our listeners to hear. You might lose some things, even what, what Ray just talked about with his son. Is you know, unfortunate they lose the game, but you never lose focus. You understand what life is really about. You understand about learning from your mistakes. You tell yourself the kind of stories that will drive your focus. You tell yourself the kind of stories that say, look, I'm living in my own adventure story. So no matter what comes my way, this is just helping me have a more exciting adventure story. 
Because when you yeah. look at life that way, things change, man. They really change. So I think this is an important, important show for people to hear because the stories we tell ourselves can change everything. Look, look if you don't do nothing else from listening to this, from listening to this today, try this. Try not only telling yourself the story, but try writing the story and then put the books away. And go back to it in a few months and see what you wrote yourself and see what stopped you from accomplishing what you wrote. Was it yourself? Was it people around you? Or was it the circumstances that you're in? Because mm -hmm. all of those you have the power to control. Mm -hmm. what, I'm, what, I, what we're asking you to do is... Write your own story. There are stories everywhere. And I'll tell you this. Men and women lie. But numbers don't. Factual numbers on how many days you get up and work towards being great. It's never the things that you do that you remember. It's the things that you don't do that you remember. Mm. So let me tell you something. Don't. Don't cheat yourself no more in life. Today, make up in your mind that whatever I write down, I must get done. Circumstances may not be pretty. Some may get ugly at times. <laughs> but boy, if you got a vision, man, if you got imagination, if you got a little bit of fight, I think your story can be whatever you want it to be. I'm a living mm. witness of it. I'm a living witness of it. That that if you wanna if you wanna write a story and have somebody wanna tell your story <laughs> and read your story, you may appreciate it a little bit more if you do it on your own terms. Oh, a hundred percent. I can't. That's 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 what this is all about. The stories that you tell yourselves, and and honestly, I love this one today, Ray. Like I loved it. I love the stories. Um, I love the stories that you shared, even from Kwame, like the race with, with Kwame. That image sticks in my mind. I love that. I love I love I, I just got to say this as we wind down. I got to say that phrase. You always give so many great nuggets. But this one now I got now I got 40 more left. I love that because it's like the excitement of, OK, I have another obstacle and I'm about to pass it and I'm about to beat it. And that this is what makes you great. This is what defines your greatness is the way you approach obstacles. So. Awesome, man. Looking forward to seeing you in a couple days. Okay, buddy. I see you, man. Be good. Love you, man. You be good. Love you, too. Okay, bro. Thank, thank you for downloading the Tackling Life podcast. For more Tackling Life content, go to TacklingLifePodcast.com. From there, you'll find links to our pages on iTunes, Google Play, and other podcast sites where you can subscribe and get to all new episodes automat automatically downloaded every week. There are also links to the Tackling Life facebook and twitter pages where you can become a part of the tackling life community and give us your feedback questions ideas and suggestions you can also call us at 646-762-4432 that's 646-762-4432 and please help spread the word and bring in new listeners by giving us a rating and a review on our itunes page I know that takes a minute, but would really appreciate that because the more ratings and reviews we have, the higher our ranking and the easier it is for new people to find the show. Until next time, for the legend, Ray Lewis, 
I'm Dr. Christian Conti. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.